to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Welcome to the new episode, Yoshiden. I'm here back in Seattle, and of course, I'm not of course, but I'm here with Cliff Barnes. <laughs> uh, oh, Cliff. of course you are. Every time you come here, you got to see me. Of course we are. Of course, yes. Cliff, you you know you you um for that audience. I think I I mentioned a little bit about you um, last episode, and I was telling them you're you really are like one of the Godfathers of com- comedians in Seattle, right? I, I I call you that. I've I been that. I've been around quite a bit. Like the comedy scene in Seattle was probably very uh, just a fledgling comedy scene, possibly a year and a half, two years old when yeah. I got into it. So you're you the know, original so guy. Around. You're the one original guy at the Comedy Underground. It was at the time. It was the oldest comedy club, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was the first one and um it was it preceded all the other comedy clubs that are um around now and um it was just, you know, that was where originally there were two clubs where people were doing um open mic and they were doing music. Right. And so a couple of the of the comics decided let's do comedy and that's how the comedy scene started. And then the comedy underground was um started in about nineteen eighty one, eighty two. Yeah, the heyday of comedy. Yeah, and yeah. that's when they that's when John Fox and, and, and um you know started booking club booking Comics into that. Right, we're not talking Come about on. John Fox the comedian. We're talking John, John Fox, Fox the, the uh, Booker. Booker, yeah, not the late John Fox right. the comedian. Um, so I want to start from the beginning, like your background and stuff. But one of the reasons I want I want <laughs> you to talk about before I finish this episode, you were at Giggles Comedy Club years ago, infamous time when I ended up finding a handicapped guy. When it, well, yeah, you see. Um, Okay, it was a uh, it wasn't a fight because fight well, usually no. takes two people fight back. No, and there forth. Was, it, it was not a fight. It was just kind of like um, maybe two blows involved. You hit him, he hit the floor. <laughs> so um, basically, the deal was, I just happened to be in the club, and since I liked you, I did not want to see you do any kind of uh, jail time. I, you know, so, it, it, it's funny because I was, um, we were here, uh, I don't have a third mic, so it's hard to hear him, but mm-hmm. I'm here with my former boss, and I, let me tell you something, I've had white bosses and Asian bosses, mm-hmm. Dimiko is the best boss I have. Oh, and, I, and oh I, I understand, he, he's, he's my man, I mean, it's like, yeah, we hit it off from the first minute we met, and, you know, um, um, and his lady is very cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> But I was telling him during the dinner that um, um, uh, with that saying, I never said it until tonight when I was telling him, like, you got me out of serious trouble because I will, I have angry issue, obviously, if anybody who knows me. But um, uh, no one in the room, they were just happy that I was beating on this handicap because they hated him. Pretty and, much. Yeah. Because what would happen is he was on medication 
and he was not supposed to drink while he was on this medication. And he I would, didn't know that. And he would be on whatever medication he was because he had had some kind of accident or whatever and uh, years earlier. Mm-hmm. And he would drink, and he would be he would become like this total uh, can I say asshole? Yeah. Because that's what he was. And so the when thing he sober, was, he's a nice guy, but he he, he got right. hit by a truck when he yes. was high on drugs on, on a motorcycle, yeah. or what have you, what have you. So and he's a handicapped comic. So when he did not, when he was off of it, or when he was on medication and drank, he went like totally, completely to a different person, and that different person was in a very bad place. Can I tell you something? This happened over sixteen years ago, I think. Absolutely. I didn't know this until tonight. Yeah, long time ago. It was a long time ago, and the thing is, we were at we were having a doing a show and whatever, and so um, he proceeded to in a sense bait you, and so because I, I think he was just trying to get my face wet, but his hands is all handicapped. Oh so he, yeah, he, he ended had, up throwing the whole drinking glass no. in my face. So he ended up throwing a a drink in your face and your reaction was immediate. I was very impressed because (laughs) (laughs) because before before the last few drops of the drink actually got on you, you pretty much had him by the neck. And uh, so it was just like a very smooth, very smooth. I I, 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 I remember it in my head and I'm going, oh, wow, that was one of the smoothest moves (laughs) that I've ever seen not in a movie. And so what happened was... By the way, I I, I didn't even think it was just a a gut response. Boom. I mean, it 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 was a total reaction to what was going on and he did that you had his neck in between your thumb and the other four fingers oh my god in about mm, i don't know a fraction of a second and then next thing i know he was down yeah. and you were on top of him so now no, i'm can thinking I, can, I, can i pause you a second yes you give the that discretion beautifully. I mean, because I mean, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't standing that close. I so. was right in the audience, and you know, I wasn't that close, but I saw what was happening. Yeah. And then I went, you know, in my mind, because you know how things go through your mind really quickly. Yeah. I went, oh wow, homeboy just <laughs> fucked up bad. Yeah. And so you know, boom. And so you had him there. Now my dilemma is, how do I approach you? Yeah. Because when you, when a person has snapped, yeah, which I snapped. which was what he did. Yeah. You can't just run up behind him and put your hand on him because now you are an adversary. Yeah. So what I did is I walked around in front of him, and I said, Yoshi, it's okay. <laughs> Let him go. (laughs) And now reality kind of snapped back and you looked up at me because I was in front of you. See, if I had come up behind you, I would have been a a victim my damn self. I would have been a casualty in that whole situation. Let me tell you something. I was shocked. I didn't even notice you were because the the platform in Giggles is the platform and you have to go upstairs. Upstairs. It's on 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 like a four foot stage. Yeah. And so I came up at that time and I was like very calm. I didn't run up and I didn't run up behind him. I walked around in front of him and I said, Yoshi, it's okay. 
let the fool go. <laughs> or words to that effect. No, no, you calm you calm but down. But I calmed and I said I said, you know, and then and then when I noticed I what I had done was effective is I saw his hand actually loosening on uh what's his name? Al's throat. Al Fox, yeah. And so, you know, I said, okay. And then he looked up at me and then like reality came back and, and his eyes, like the fire went out. <laughs> and he was like... And I have a small eyes. For and he went, they looked that big. Oh, hey, yeah, you know, oh, they were kind of... Yeah, I, I think I think you did kind of like an Asian buckwheat thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so the thing is, at that moment, you know, reality came back and he let him go. He got up and, I, you know, and so like we went off stage together and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the whole thing was, it was like I did not want to see him get in the amount of trouble he would have been in had he, well, I don't know, killed Al Fox. Because uh, at that time, you know, from what I understand in the human being, the human being cannot breathe if there is pressure on that particular like uh, esophagus uh, larynx thing yeah so boom so he you know everything came back you know and Al got up and he was he was like in a daze and everything because you know it all happened I mean literally just like that and I think being a handicapped person it was never within his imagination that somebody actually would choke some handicapped person but 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 soon as that thing flew in my face but I, I just is, lost my mind but yeah. the thing is he was not only he was not a handicapped person at that time he was in his own altered state because like I said he was on medication that he that. should not have been drinking on yeah. none of us really knew it none of us really yeah. knew it because you know we had just met this guy and so, you know, we knew that he had a handicap and we knew that he had, had been brain damaged or whatever behind yeah. a motorcycle accident. That's pretty much all we knew. And everybody, but, everybody in the audience were mad at him because before I went up, uh, Al was up and he, you know, we, it's open mic Sunday, so we should be thankful yes. for it. Sometimes the materials don't go well and he was struggling. So he attacked Alicia Wood's brother and his friend sitting next mm -hmm. to him. They're just 12 or 13 year old kid. So mm -hmm. yes, you're handicapped, but you're still grown as man. So it was really mean what they were doing. So all I said was, I was up next and said, hey, you know, we should be very thankful that people are here on Sundays. Be nice to the audience. And he goes, you know, the rest of the story, he said, Yoshi, shut up before I kick your ass. He was joking, but yeah. I cannot have a handicapped guy challenging me in public, and I can't let somebody talking like that. But the thing is, he was not joking because he was in an altered state. See, because, I didn't know that part. Because he had, yeah. been, he had been taking the medication that normally he didn't take. It was really weird. Sometimes he'd take it, sometimes he wouldn't. But he had been taking the medication, and, you know, as most of us know, if you are on some kind of really high yeah intense medication you should not drink yeah and so he had broken that cardinal rule and he had been drinking before yeah. he went on stage and that's what happened he was in an altered state and then you know for some reason i don't know it was just like i don't know tequila where he felt bulletproof i have no idea he attacked yoshi verbally from the stage yoshi went up there okay and uh, I, oh wait, let me explain that there's a third person in the room, so that's why I'm using Yoshi in like the third person yeah. or whatever, because I'm not, you know. We, but anyway, I'm talking to another person, explaining how this all went down. So anyway, 
Al gets, you know, like nothing's going for him. He's not, it's not working, blah, blah, blah. So then he decides he's going to attack Yoshi. And so he says, well, I'm going to kick your ass, blah, blah, blah. So Yoshi comes up on stage. No, 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 no. I wasn't staged doing a set. Oh, that, well, okay. In the back. No, no, because he was. I was, I, thought, af- I was after him. I was on stage. And then I, I said, Alvy, if you're going to say crap like that, back it up. Then he come up. Very. Then I took my jacket, put it on the stool, thinking it'll be going to be like a funny wrestling thing. And he did the drink thing. That's when I. Right. Like, not only was I being polite to you, you're being mean to the audience. Like, the why? But I didn't realize he was on medication. And I didn't. I'm pretty sure he was joking. Well, no, no one did. None of it. I mean, the thing is, we never knew what was. We found all this stuff out as time went yeah. on. And so the deal was, he was not, you know, as, as any of us, when we're on, you know, if you're on some kind of serious medication, you should not drink. It's not like me, because I take my vitamins with beer. That's a, <laughs> it's a whole nother issue. <laughs> it's a whole nother issue. But like with him, he was drinking and he should not have been drinking. So being in the altered states, none of us knew. Yeah. And then he starts talking all of this insane, crazy stuff to a man who may or may not know martial arts. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. Because like a lot of us Americans assume that all the Asian people we ever run into are martial artists. So we, we don't know this, right? But the thing is, the speed with which he reacted, I went, oh, this guy's had a little training. <laughs> but can I tell you something? The only reason why I looked fast because I was finding a handicapped guy because he was way slower than I was. But I, I tell you, you're absolutely right because I, I thought about this recently because you did two favorite for me. One, you're absolutely right. I, I think I would have just pummeled him and wouldn't have done anything. And most of the audience didn't like him. They, they were saying stuff like kill the retard and oh, shit like exactly. that. They oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. There him. was a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that. But if it wasn't for you calming down, I, I think that eventually they would have had to call cops. There's a bloody handicap but, person. But no. But see, I knew, I knew that you had had some kind of training yeah. if not yeah. because remember when we were when we were like in the comedy underground and and, and we were like sparring around yeah. wrestling and shit and you couldn't fucking pick me up unless I let you yeah the way you <laughs> hold it it was like it was unbelievable I just became dead weight yeah and he could not pick me up no <laughs> so you know and I noticed in the technique and stuff that oh okay this this man has had a little training and everything and fortunately we're just playing he's yeah. not trying to hurt me because he could have hurt me but the thing is I was not going to let him pick me up easily so you know it was kind of it was it was really it was really cool I and mean it, we, it, and we had been friends you know I mean I like from the beginning it's like it, I like this guy yeah and, this is one of my comedy kids I yeah. like this guy from the beginning okay and, so you know that's what we used to do but then when I saw that he was serious I had to fucking step in yeah, and he, say hey you know he, I don't need you in the in this kind of trouble I don't need to visit you in jail and <laughs> Years later, and I think this is about three years ago, our friend Brody Stevens and Brody Tana and Manu, Brody and Tana, they're filming this at Giggles. Pi- yeah, they're uh, they're filming this pilot, and uh, when I heard about it, I flew up because these are friends. You know, mm-hmm. I knew Cliff was going to mm-hmm. be there. No, well, you I- didn't know I was there. Remember? 
Remember? Because the thing was, you were, they were talking about the story, and the big thing was the, to try to get you and Al to, you know, like make amends yeah. and what have you, what have you. And then the thing is, while you were on stage, I just kind of walked into oh, the right. room, if you remember. And here, here's, here's my frustrating thing, because they're filming this. Mm-hmm. Al tell his side of the story, right? It's like... It's unbelievable. It's not even close to reality what happened. I'm what. just some crazy person that's not attacking him. I don't know what he did. I don't know what he was thinking. And then, then I told my story. So two completely different stories. So we were figuring out who's, who's not telling the truth. And if Cliff wasn't there... And then he looked up and he went... <gasps> Oh, you're, yo, wait a minute. And so they brought me on stage, and then I told what, you know, the version that actually was the truth. And, Which is 95% you know, of what I was saying. And so what happened was, you know, they they kind of made amends, and they might have shaken hands, I don't know. But yeah. the whole thing was... That had been so many years earlier, and they had been, they had, had this big split, which, like, probably meant more to Al than it did to Yoshi, yeah. but, you know, the whole thing is. But I just happened to remember, and, and the thing is, I just happened, because I heard they were filming, and I don't know if I was at work or whatever, but when yeah. I got off work, I came in, Thank and God. then when he, they were telling their stories, and I just walked up to the front of the stage. <laughs> like I never said time. nothing to nobody. Just like, I just walked up to the yeah. front of the stage, and they noticed me, and then it was like, oh my God, and, and so I went up and told the story that I just told. I, see, you the, know, here, that's here, what it was. Here's another thing I didn't know. I thought they called you to be there. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's Tana uh, and Bro- Brody Stevens' show called uh, Enjoy It and Comedy Central. Right. Well, I knew they were doing that yeah. at Giggles, but I had to work. So when I got off work, because, yes, I have a day job. I have a very good day job. I loved what I did, but I can't stop doing comedy. Yeah. So anyway, I show up there, and that's when that was. And I got there just in time because I had missed the earlier part of the show whatever. But then they said, well, this is something that has been going on for, you know, I don't know, over a decade, whatever. And so we brought these two guys back to see if they can make amends and whatever. So after they were on stage, they both told their stories, and I just walked up to the front of the stage, and Yoshi noticed me. And so it's like, oh, and and then, you know, boom. But I went up there. Because I was so angry because his side made it look like I'm a bad guy. I was like, I was ready to punch the guy in the face right there. I understand. He, he, he was lying. And I was hoping, God damn it, I don't want to have to save this youngster <laughs> again. I love him. I will, but I hope I don't have to. <laughs> so, so it just went on like that. And so, you know, they kind of made amends and whatever, whatever. And then, you know, life went on. And, you know, I don't know if the pilot ever got on. I have no idea. You know, um, it, that episode made it, but they, they cut the uh, scene, our scene. But I don't know if they were ever re- released. But all, all I want to make sure is, like, there's evidence what happened. The people knew it. So if they no, ever absolutely. Released, yeah. But here's the funny thing. It wasn't packed Sunday night, and it's crazy over the years, like after I left Seattle, people talk about that, like like a local legend, and like, Yes. There's way more people. There was less people there, but more people p- pretend like they were there. When they no, came. it's kind of like Woodstock, okay? Yeah. 
Woodstock, they say officially there was four to 500,000 people. By the time it got to like, you know, 15, 20, there was two, three, five million people there. Yeah. So it's like, no, that's, you know, like people just latched on to it. Yeah. And it was that similar situation. Oh, yeah, I was there. I remember that. No, you weren't. No, you were. How old are you? You wasn't even old enough to get into the bar then, <laughs> you know. And so the same situation going on, you know, but people had heard the story. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, were you there the night Al Fox almost died? And it, was yeah, like, it's like, and it was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I was there. It's like, no, you weren't. You have no idea, you know. But And, and like, I remember six, seven years ago, I went to underground. I don't know anyone there anymore. And I went to open mic and they said, oh, you're the guy who almost killed Al Fox. I'm like, what? You know, and the weird part about it is, you know, Al became like a motivational speaker yes. and he was going around like, you know, literally speaking to people about how to overcome their handicap and how <laughs> yes. I've done this and yes. whatever. He was a motivational speaker, right? Yeah. You this know? is true. I, I choked a motivational speaker, and, yeah. And, yeah, as a matter of fact, I think the fact that you choked him might have turned him into a motivational <laughs> speaker, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That might have been what, what turned him, you know? But you know what? And then uh, he was with and he was with a lady and she was like you know her man um, his manager I, I met her yeah, yeah yeah and i met her and it was like you know she's nice and everything and she so he he was a motive and i think she was like you say good for him i think she was you know what kind of like said okay al you can drink or you can medicate but don't do the two together yeah. And so, you know, different things like that. But he, he became a, man, a motivational speaker. And um, as far as I know, he still is. And he's still, But can you I know, tell you something, but, Al? It's, it's, he, he, I don't know how much of his brain damage, this tantrum that he has sometimes. But he makes me laugh because before he went up on stage sometime, at the bar, the giggles, mm -hmm. you know, near University of Washington, he mm -hmm. would say, like, hey, everybody... Don't ever give up. Follow your uh, dreams. That's how he talked. Exactly. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Exactly. So don't don't you ever quit. Did he go up? He bomb. Oh yeah. Did he get up. Fuck this shit. I fucking quit. quit. Motherfucking <laughs> exactly. Fuck this. Like, did you just say don't don't give up? quit? Oh, yeah. Of course. But he was that, one of those guys. But that was the whole thing. It was like, you know, he, as I say. With normal people, and I say normal not in the sense that he's not normal, but in the sense that he has had a trauma yeah. and has brain damage. But with normal people, you know, we get in altered states and a lot of things are different. But the fact that he had like brain damage, I think that exaggerated things. You know, and exacerbated things so that things that were like this small became huge obstacles or huge things that he had to overcome in his mind, you know. And then the thing is also, as I say, when he would drink and be on medication, he would offend a lot of people. Oh, he got racist as shit. I'm he scared. would offend a lot of people <laughs> and he would go out of his way to do it and I got to the point where I didn't know if it was like a reaction to that or he was just that way. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, a lot of times, it's just like being hypnotized, right? Yeah. If you're hypnotized, they say, well, you won't do things under hypnosis that you would not have done. But the things I've seen people do, I'm going, damn, you, you're, you're, you were fucked up before you got hypnotized. <laughs> It just just brought it out, right? So that's the whole thing, you know. It's like, you know, you when you're in an altered state, when yeah. you're in a situation where 
it's a little different than your normal activities. Yeah. And then you, you have, you're in an altered state because you are on like some kind of medication and alcohol. Boom. Things happen that probably would never have happened in your normal state. And, and, um, but I, I was, this is little, it is kind of funny, but isn't it amazing? This is like the late 90s, maybe 2000. Here is this Asian yellow guy choking a white handicap, and the black man comes to save both of us. You know what I mean? Absolutely. This is, this, this you is, see what I'm saying? This is, this is, <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, I was, you know, it was just like one day, like Martin Luther King had a dream. He's like, <laughs> one day a young black man, or wait, an older black man will save a white man from being killed by a yellow man. <laughs> yeah. And that was the dream. Yeah. So you see, the thing is, that is what happened. And, and the thing that it was, it was like, I liked Yoshi way more than I liked Al. <laughs> But still and all, yeah. I didn't want to see Yoshi get in trouble to fulfill my dreams. <laughs> I, I was like, in my mind, I'm going, choke that asshole. Choke him, choke him, choke him. But in reality, I was like, no, I do not want my man to be in the trouble that he's going to be in for, I don't know, killing the handicapped guy. And, and Even though the whole audience would have went up on, on the stand and said, oh, he deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> and because by the time I got him on the ground, I slammed against the wall and got him on the ground. And when I looked at him, I, 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 I paused for a second and I was ready to, oh, um, I was ready to punch the guy. I mean, just just keep punching him until it's getting a drink. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, 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 my but, inner alcoholic no, is no, coming no. out. It's it's. Um, <laughs> you, you, you did save me from that because I I think it doesn't matter mm-hmm. even if you throw something. It, there's a point where you I would have gone way beyond what. Oh yeah, but see, the whole thing is the whole thing is, it's like we all go through that. Yeah. You know, there's times where we... You mean like handicapped motherfuckers? No, 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 but I mean we overreact in certain situations. And I knew that normally, excuse me, normally that would not, that was not you. Yeah. Okay? So I I knew that this was all started by his um, original actions okay and i knew that and so i said you know hey it's like yoshi would not walk up to him and go oh yeah and just start choking him because he was just who he was even though in a lot of times he deserved that but he had done something that was way see the thing is had he thrown a drink in my face i probably would have ripped his nuts off but you know i'm just saying Yeah, yeah You know, it's not, it's something that happens to everybody. It was not a situation where you just went off for no reason. No, there was a very good reason. And also, you know, once Al reflects back on it, he knows he was wrong. Um, Well, anyway, if I haven't said enough, thank you. You know, because uh, I I think, I I forget. 
I got in trouble as soon as I moved to California in 2003. So mm -hmm. if I would have gotten in trouble, I would have had another record already. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, man, but you see, it, it like I said, I look at I look at a lot of the comics that came up after me as my comedy yeah. kids, and it's my. It's it, it's my mission. It's to make sure that you cool. guys like do what you want to do and don't get in trouble doing it. Yeah. If I have anything to I do about it, and 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 the whole thing is like I said, this was something that you did not need yeah. to have happen. And, 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 and you, you know, know we, and we, and we, it we was should be talking something different. But I, I could I I can't emphasize more. Like I wasn't looking. To do that Sunday, I was exactly. just like, hanging out with you guys, do a show, and go home. Exactly, yeah. you know. But the thing is, there's there's love there. There's much love. I I mean, I love you, you know, and and I think you love me. Yes, you know, and it's like a you know kind of innocent a father son thing. And you know, um, you know, and and I have I have like young comics that have come up <laughs> after me that are my comedy kids, and you are one of them. Yeah, you know, and I, I love you. And can I tell you something? I mean, I already said before. I work with. I had white bosses before, mm -hmm. Asian bosses. Jimiko is the best boss. Absolutely. And um, um, when I worked for him at R and R, well, uh, most of the crew were black. I got on with them. Most of the comedians I like. Black comedians, Absolutely. you know, Rod Long, Harold Gomez, sure. uh, Tony Daniel, Ty Barnett. I just seen T D the yeah. other day. And Rod and Long, Travis, absolutely. And um, yeah. And but, it's weird cause, but, because but don't but don't tell him don't tell him but I like D'Amico too that's yeah. my boy okay don't don't rip, don't tell him that I said that <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I what I found out about D'Amico is well hell he has Captain Morgan's and. Uh, <laughs> So, I don't normally drink rum and cokes, but he makes them yeah. so smooth. I can drink these all night. And then he's going to sit there and, and it's like, well, okay, baby, everybody's gone. Oh, wait, there's a young, wait, no, that's an old black man on my porch. Is he asleep? God damn it. <laughs> all right, hopefully he wakes up and drives home. But y'all have to remember, I grew up when drinking and driving was a sport. But like now... <laughs> It's a, it's, now it's a financial <laughs> liability, so I don't I don't drink and drive. So the thing is, you know, oh man, the thing is, absolutely. The thing is, what happens is, you know, I'll go out and get my jacket, and then I'll fall asleep. And you wake up in the morning, ready to go to work, and I'm in the fetal position. You got to step over me to get the goddamn job, but uh, it's okay. This is so tasty. You guys ever have Captain Morgan's and Coca-Cola? <laughs> it is so wonderful. I'm telling you, I swear to God. Normally, I'm I'm a vodka drinker. Okay, I'm lying. It's tequila, but the whole thing is normally I don't drink rum and colas but this like this is kind of like remember back in the day there was something called a swanee coke oh yeah this is it captain morgan's and uh is that real coca-cola see that's real coca-cola and then that slimy ass half-ass like wannabe coca-cola it's like you know shasta cola oh wait did i did oh wait did i mention another brand i'm sorry but still in all it's like a real coca-cola Captain Morgan's. It has a kind of a sweet. Have you guys ever tried like um, <laughs> what do you call that stuff? It's a Crown Royal Apple. Have you ever tried that? No. Try Crown Royal Apple. <laughs> it is so tasty. 
It is so terrible. I can't believe, I, I swear, because I don't like all that flavored crap. You know, Absolute got orange and lime. and I don't like all that crap, but Crown Royal Apple, it's amazing. And so is, um, I think it's Jack Daniel's Honey. That's another thing that's good, right? As far as flavored things. I'm not a flavored kind of guy. I like my, you know, like straight no chaser. That's, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Give me a shot. Bam, I'm done. I, I need to uh, pack a bunch of uh, information about you, you know, because I'm, I don't know how much time I have left. But, um, um, I, so, you know, I, I want to know more. Like, wait, uh, We're going to talk a little more about you, you and you perform comedy. I don't think a place I really find it important and sacred. And it's not even like uh, most comedians in Seattle, they're not even thinking career. But it, it was a place... It was just a great place that we used to hang out. The old Absolutely. place, yeah. So you know, it really made me happy looking back uh, when all the times we spent at old building. Uh, they moved to new locations right. because no, some it's kinda, not the same. It's not the same. You not know? at all. But so you you were not born Washington State? What, no, what, no. I'm your... a, I'm originally from New Orleans. I didn't. Okay. Absolutely. And see, that's the way we say it. People from New Orleans say New Orleans. People from other parts of the South go, New Orleans. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm from New Orleans. Yeah. And I always will be from New Orleans. And then I moved to Seattle as a young child. So I'm actually like a Seattleite. Yeah. I've been in Seattle long enough to like, well, yeah, you Why did you, you know. decide to move to New Orleans? Hmm? Why, why did your parents decide to move to New Orleans? Um, my parents left because... Um, my dad had some friends in Seattle, and they said, come up, there's a lot of jobs. You know, he had Boeing and everything. But my dad ended up working for a freight company and whatever. And so it then, you know, like they got me out of the projects in New Orleans. So, you know, I, I came up here, and it was like, you know, grew up, went to school, went to, went to elementary, finished elementary school, junior high, Oh, wait, it's called middle school now, but we only had seven, eight, nine. Y'all got six, seven, eight. I don't know. It's a whole different thing. So we went through junior high, and then I went to high school. Yo, go Franklin. And so then, you know, I just, like, ended up living my life here. And in the early 80s, I got into comedy. I've always loved comedy, even sure. before I got into it. I've always loved comedy, and, I, and, I, and you know, it's kind of like, a comedy historian. I know a lot of the comics that came before me. Sure. And so I just got into it. And, um, you know, like my first time on stage was 15 minutes of heckler lines in front of a bunch of bikers. So, uh, you know, it was from there to where I am now. You know, we're talking three decades later, almost three and a half decades later. Because, because I, you know, I just... Either you make it or you quit, and I'm not planning on making it, but I just loved it because that's what I do. Because you know, you really are the fixture of comedies in Seattle. It's, it was always you guys like you, Rod Long, uh, Carl. I could never say Carl's last name. Warman Hoven. Yeah, uh, Ron Reed, John Fox. Um, there's just like a lot of uh, David Crow, Kermit Appeal, and people like that. Mm -hmm. They really are the fixtures. Mm -hmm. on the comedy scene and you guys are all Brad Upton yeah all, Brad of course you know mm -hmm. and um, I mean if it wasn't for your family obligations I don't see why all of you would have been on tonight's show or go do a pilot sitcom and things like that you know it just mm -hmm. it's, 
It was always been a place you have a good time and fun time. It's different from other part of the country. I and think. exactly, and we loved what we did, and we were confident and enough, confident enough in who we were that we shared. We, you know, embraced new people. Yeah, we embraced people that are coming in, following us. We embraced that because we were confident enough in who we were and yeah. what we did that we weren't threatened yeah. by new comics and what have you, you know? And it's like, um, you know, a lot of comics would come up from San Francisco and come up from LA and whatever, and we could hold our own, yeah. you know? And, and that's the whole thing. The comedy scene in Seattle was very um, instrumental in bringing a lot of people. It's like, you know, people, um, the late Mitch Hedberg, okay? Sure, he was a fixture in our Mitchell, Mitchell yeah. started in, in, in uh, the Midwest in Minnesota, I believe. He but, did a little bit in But Miami. he started yeah. his whole career yeah. was from Seattle, you know? And, and, and so it's like we are, we are proud in the fact that a number of comics have started doing comedy, even um, Patton Oswalt. Sure, he's okay. come up here all the time. And, and I, I would like to say I'm sorry for his loss yes. because his, his wife just passed away. But Patton, used, they all used to come up from San Francisco, and this was their test market. Sure. You know? It's like, oh, yeah, I did this. But we, you know, Seattle has, like, really, I don't know, uh, judgmental crowds. And if you can make the people in Seattle laugh, yeah. and this was in music, this was in comedy, you know? So we were that market. Yeah. And, and, you know, the people here loved comedy, and they loved good comedy, and we provided it. Yeah. You know, and it was like a workshop here. We would do open mics and comics were not like intimidated by other comics. Sure. Comics, we would share. We would say, you know, if I, if I wrote jokes that I thought were funny, but they didn't fit what I was doing, I would, you know, share with other comics. Sure. And other comics would share with me. It's like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you did this, isn't it? Well, I think, how about this? And then that would go on. Cliff, Cliff is great because, you know, it, it's, yeah. it, it's, sometimes you see this superstar uh, basketball player that's like their player and also coach at the time. You know, uh, Beryl Russell used to do shit like that. And he would do show, because you don't want to hear audience maybe give you a punchline set up because most of them is shit. Every once in a while, like they kind of surprise you, but mm -hmm. it was nice that somebody like Cliff or, Clip or just watch you and give you tidbits like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that one, or tag and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think when you go to places like New York City, Boston, and LA to do comedy, a lot of those people are thinking career. But for, for me, I'm only admitting this as a 46 year old man. I turned 47 on Sunday. Damn, you're getting old. Yeah. It, it, it really All my is. kids are getting so old. It's yeah. crazy. It's. And I think I could, I don't want to mention him. I, I don't mind saying for myself, but there's other comedians over the years. Uh, you remember Jeff Masterson? Of course. He killed himself. I love Jeff. But, I know. Uh, and, that, was, uh, that was so like, I was like, man, that was the last thing I ever thought would happen. It, it, it was you really know? sad because yeah. I, I hope it didn't recover. But, um, you know, when, whenever I'm in L.A., this is like we could do... I, if I was shameless, I think I would have gotten more stuff, and I, I guess I still could do, but 
um, people don't want to hear those dark material. But like, whenever people criticize me, uh, and by the way, I'm not saying dark because I'm with two black gentlemen right here right now. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so lying. But uh, I damn this rum is good. I had issues with my family growing up and things like that. But like, I'm finally admitting last couple of years, like it, it, it really was a place to talk about those terrible things on stage. Sometimes I just hate it, but I feel really good don't afterwards. You, you don't know? you realize about comics? Yeah. We found a way to market our neuroses. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of comics, most of us, I don't know, I can't say all of us, but most of us are neurotic. We have issues. But the thing is, it's like you get up on stage and you got 200 people. It's like a, a focus group. It's like, yeah. hey, I can, I can, you know, I can say what I need to say and I can get stuff off my chest and there's not a damn thing y'all can do about yeah. it. See? So it's like, that's it. You know, I can, I can share with you guys you know, and I don't have to worry about you guys criticizing me because I don't care. See, I love me. I know what I'm capable of. So you guys can either reinforce that or try to tear it down. But I'm not going to let you tear it down. Yeah. I'm just here to do what I do because guess what? It's a gift from God. And, and whether you believe in God or not, it's a gift. And... At the Comedy Underground, it was the first place I saw many of the first, you know? Like, one of the favorite shows I ever saw was Doug Stanhope. <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was within my imagination, <laughs> you're allowed to do this. He deliberately pissed people that they walk. Like, literally, sometimes you'll do it and that half the audience leaves. Stanhope's my man. I love he's him. He's not afraid. He's, he's considered one of the great. And greater. we're about the same height, too. So, you know, he's a but, short guy. <laughs> but Stanhope is uh, truly when Do you remember him on Girls Gone Wild? <laughs> no. You don't know Stanhope did oh, Girls yeah, yeah, Gone Wild. Yeah, Girls Gone Wild. He hated it. He hated it. Oh, of course that. he did. He liked the he liked the rewards, but he hated the overall situation, you know. But it's like the thing is, there are times where you do things for monetary rewards because let's face it like everybody else we get to pay our rent we could pay our lights we get to pay our water we got to do that stuff but the thing is you know it's like at the end of the day you go god i really shouldn't have did that but hey i'm glad i did because otherwise i'd have been homeless in yeah. the street sleeping in a car you know it yeah. is it is so i mean the thing is you know you use your god-given talent to do whatever it takes for you to survive. Because there's a lot of us that didn't survive. There's a lot of us that took our own lives. There's a lot of us that, you know, um, things happen to where, you know, it's our time. You know, it's like people are going like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this guy died and this guy, well, it was their time. It doesn't matter how they went. It was their time. So we're just happy that it's not our time yet. You know? So and, 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 that's and, what and, it is. And either they die, but sometimes, you know, it's sad, but 
I mean, I worked nine years in the adult business in LA, but it's very similar with porn too. That sometimes people just disappear without not even work. Exactly. I don't know what happened to them, you know. And exactly. That that makes me sad because to me, it's one of the few profession where it did feel like a family, at least in Seattle comedy scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But last uh, five six years, every time I come here. I don't recognize anyone, any of the club owners and managers. Like it was, it was just like, you know, every once in a while I would see. Like one time I remember just walking, you just happened to be there, and like saw you, Hennigan. But a lot of the people that I remember, man, it's it it, it, it makes me sad that uh, they're all gone. Yeah, know? but to see the cool thing is, it's like you moved to LA, but. You always kept in touch with me. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm sitting around minding my own business. I go on the phone like, "Happy Father's Day!" God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> he fucking remembered. This is so cool, right? And it's like we'll call like a Happy New Year, Happy yeah. Merry Christmas, whatever. And that's how we keep in touch, you know. And then there was one time where he sent me like a few of these little great porn ass things, and I don't <laughs> let my wife see him. But you know, the thing is like, oh wow, are you kidding me? I'm Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Evil Angel. Oh, yeah. that's got to be good. And so I'm plugging them in and what have you, you know. And it was cool because it was it was a total thing different than our comedy relationship. Yeah. And so it was just like. And every, every know, movie that's in, it, has, it ends with DVD produced by Yoshio Bayashi. So, absolutely. You, know. you see what I'm saying? And it's like, hey, you know. I'm happy that his success was where it is, right? And then I'm also happy because, well, you know, I'm uh, okay. There, there is, there is a, there is, there is a certain like part of me that <laughs> likes porn, but um, other than that, oh, I don't know, damn near all of it, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a voyeur. I like to watch. But uh, no, d- did that go out live? Okay. But anyway, you know, it's 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 that way, you know. And and it's like, you know, hey, you've been married for like four fucking decades, like me. It's like, hey, there's no limits. There's no boundaries. I'm just that guy. <laughs> You know, and people show me stuff and tell me stuff. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That is so cool. But I never pass it on because it's for me. It's for me. How old are you? Um, Let's see. What what (laughs) month is this? Okay. So in September, I'll be 66. Jesus, you don't. I mean, and then what's so freaky? And then I'm going to retire and then I might even do comedy on the road. And I'm going to go down and bug the shit out of this guy because he knows people that can get me comedy gigs. And it's like, I don't want to be like a major star. I just want to fucking tell jokes to strangers in, well, what used to be smoky bars. But now I don't, you know, that's it. You know, because I've done, it's like, you know, those of you that ever come to Seattle, if anybody ever comes to Seattle, Washington, you go over to Alki Point and you look back on the skyline of Seattle, I lit that. That's what I did. Me and 2,000 of my closest friends, IBW, Local 46. God, they're going to be so happy that I gave them a shout out. And that's it. That's my fucking skyline. I lit that. And that's what I did. And on top of that, I've made tens of thousands of people laugh. I mean, what could be a better life than that? Thank you, God. 
You know, I'm just happy to be on this side of the goddamn grass because I got a lot of people that I went to school with and I grew up with that aren't here anymore. You know, I'm a child of the 60s. There was that little thing over in, uh, I don't know, Vietnam. Yeah. So my buddies came back and they said, whatever you do, don't go to Vietnam. It's like (laughs) hell. Easy for me. Won't be doing that shit. <laughs> can, I, can I do something? I am his Vietnam, right? Because mm-hmm. Absolutely, because if I had Vietnam, I would have saved Vietnamese. I would have saved South Vietnamese from killing North Vietnamese the same way I stopped you from killing Al goddamn Fox. But then I'm stopping and I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe it would have been a good thing if I would have let him do that. Oh, no, no, that's no, no, not. No, no. That's an evil thought. It's an evil thought. I like Al, sort of, and he, you know he, he, he really mellowed. Last time I saw he him, he did. Yeah. He mellowed, and he's a motivational speaker. Just and the funny. thing is, he should be, because the shit that he went through, he can tell, can talk to people about how they shouldn't stress on the things that were negative. See, and so it's like the positive things. It's like always deal with the positive, you know. Don't worry about shit you have no control over because it's going to do what it's going to do regardless. So don't worry about shit you have no control over. The best advice I ever got. Deal with the things you can. The shit you have no control over is going to do what it's going to do. So don't stress on it. Don't worry about it. Stress will kill you. Um, so don't stress on it. Don't worry about it. So overall, because, you know, every time I look at you, it's like Benjamin Button. You're getting younger every time I see you. But so overall, things, things are good. Because, you know, I, I, the, the funny thing with comedians, like, if, if you don't see someone, but you see them like three years later, you, it's, you're back on the same page that day, you know. Like we know, you know what I mean? Like we, we don't have to really explain anything to each other. But see, but, here's the thing. I'm still cute. That's how I'm going to die. I'm going to cute to death. Yeah. People are going to be going, oh, he's, oh, damn, he's dead. Yeah, but look how cute he is in that coffin. <laughs> See, because I grew up in a time, I'm a child of the 60s. Our motto was live fast, die young, leave a beautiful corpse. And I have a lot of people that did that. I'm one of the lucky ones. I wake up in the morning and I go, oh, damn, I'm on this side of the grass. Hello. Thank you, God. And I keep on moving, you know? And I try to, like, bring my, my, my young friends, my young relatives, the people that I love. I try to tell them. It's like, dude, here's the deal. That shit will pass. Yeah. Don't worry about shit you have no control over. And I'm saying this to, like, the world at large and who's ever listening to this fucking podcast. Don't fucking worry about shit you have no control over. Deal with the shit you can, and you'll be a happier person, and you will be a person that is a survivor. Because I have so many people that are no longer here with me. You know? There she is. She's so cute. Hi, how are you? It's all right. It's so nice to see you again. Because it's, oh, yeah. Because, like, you know, you, you're gorgeous. Oh, 
okay. All right, don't tell him I said that. But, like, really, you know? And it's so good to see you again, and I'm glad you're in good health. And I'll tell you, too, don't worry about shit you have no control over. There you go. So, you know. Wait, um, do you have a website or a schedule? That I have no follow? website. I have no schedule. I have no Facebook. I have no Instagram. I have no Twitter. You know, hey, I'm not on Tinder. Here's the deal. I don't, I don't tweet. Okay, I twat occasionally. But I don't have no... I'm not into that. Social media doesn't mean a thing to me. Yeah. You know? It's like years ago, there was like, uh, you know, like you used to play like football on the thing. And now, but now it's so real and shit. It's like, damn, that's almost like I just watched the game. But, you know, I'm not into that. I'm not into social media. Once I, I, once I retire, I possibly may get a Facebook thing, right? How about, how, why don't you start with MySpace? You know, you, you want to kind of ease in. MySpace? Is that still around? I don't even believe that. Because, see, here's the deal. I don't do it, but I know what ain't here no yeah, more. Yeah. MySpace is gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Facebook is still there, and Instagram is still there, and Twitter is still there, and I don't do none of them. So, you know, if you see me on Facebook, I'm on somebody else's site. Wait, wait, so at least where's the two places fixture? Like, you know, you were saying like 907 Mondays? Uh, 907 uh, which, which in Renton, Renton, Washington. Okay. Washington on Monday night, it is like the best open mic because, like, well, shit, we're there. That's why it's the best open mic. Yeah. Okay. Every Monday, nine oh seven. It's called the local, and they're gonna like. Is that the name of the club? Uh, the name of the, the club is the local nine oh seven. Nine oh seven is actually the address okay. on Third Avenue South yeah. in Renton. So come down on Monday nights, for those of you that are in Seattle, the rest of you people, like, if you're, like, in different parts of the country, but if you visit Seattle and you happen to be here on a Monday night, go down to 907, the best comedy on the face of the planet. And it's like, I'm just saying that because, well, I don't know, it's true. Because I'm there. So the best comedy on the face of the planet. And, and, and uh, May 14th through 21st of May 2016, you're going to be Vegas. I'm going to try to get you a spot with Edwin Samoan. I'm going to Vegas. Mm. I've never been. That's crazy. I'm 65 years old, never been to Vegas. I don't know what's more crazy. you never been to Vegas or the, you don't do any social media stuff. That's, they're both I talking. think it's all awesome because it's like... You're like a black that, unicorn. That makes, me, that makes me so good. I'm fucking Pegasus, pal. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Look at the wings on my horse. I'm waking up flying to fucking Vegas on my horse. But this whole thing is... I, okay, I've been to Tahoe, Reno... Winnemucca, jackpot. Winnemucca. Everybody's going like, where the hell is Winnemucca? Oh, it's in Nevada. And the people in Nevada know where it is. The rest of you people might be SOL. But I'm sorry. Been all around Vegas. Haven't been to Vegas. Going to Vegas. Going to do a lot of touristy stuff. If you see me in Vegas, I'll be the kid in the black hat with the Seahawks logo. You see me in Vegas, and it's like I'll be running around doing what I normally do. I don't know, 
drinking and people watching, that's my thing. All right. So, um, you know, we'll have a great time. Well, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get this released Sunday. And um, you could email me if you're trying to contact Clef in Vegas. We'll be ending right now. And uh, it's dumbyoshi at gmail.com. So if you want to contact Clef, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk to my friend. I hope you get stage time. But I'm glad you're going to Vegas. Um, have a good time. Club, always, always thank you, man, because you you always been friend. You always been a friend, but you you always made it fun for me hanging out at that bar. You know, absolutely, and and, and I hope it continues. I don't ever want to oh. lose. Well, um, I, don't, I don't ever want to lose the relationship that me and you have. Okay. Good night. Okay. Are you going to bed? Yeah, okay. Here's the deal. All right. Love you, darling. Pleasure seeing you again. Come over here. Give me a hug. <laughs> All right. This is like is on, this, I don't know, Oprah? a podcast and shit. You know? That's yes. all right. And see, Race for the Cure, yeah. loving that. Loving that. Because, like, we just had, you know where the Shalane is in yeah. West Seattle? Oh, the Shalane Yeah. Right under the bridge and shit on oh, Spokane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So it's like Carrie Ann <laughs> and the other the other like people that work there or whatever, they have this thing. So it's like we like doing the Susan Komen thing and whatever. Absolutely. So stop by there and well, you know. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. So you combine all the efforts or whatever, and that's what I'm saying. Because it's like, you know, my wife is a cancer survivor. Well, I'm hoping to be too. You are a survivor. Yeah. Yeah. All right, baby. Give me some. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think positive thoughts. That's right. And that's what happens. Okay? So, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, hey, you know, that's what it is. My wife's cancer survivor. She had, like, breast cancer, had the... Um, the No, no, the, the, lip, the, the lumpectomy. Oh, my God. And so she took care of that and everything. So she's, like, what, six years, seven years as cancer survivor? So, hell yes. You know, so we're down with that. So it's like, yeah, and, um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, especially Wednesday... Come down, and you know, bartenders carry on, and like all, like we have like raffles and stuff. I've won great prizes, but I like you know, (laughs) throw a bunch of money in because it's research that needs to be goddamn done. You know, so like really, unlike you know Wednesday, if you're not doing nothing, exactly. If you're not doing nothing, come down there. On Wednesdays, this called the Shalane, and it's like under the uh, it's on Spokane Street under the West Seattle Freeway. It's been there for like decades, but yeah, come down, see Carrie Ann, whatever, and we'll do. And you know that's what I'm saying. That's what's going Clef, on. Uh, the battery's gonna die on me. So I, I just want to okay. say, like, this is a co- typical conversation. Clef, he's always going out of way to help people, and you know, he's so he's always you, you and Rod Long, all the people that are on the ground. They're all yeah. gone, but yeah, I, I really miss it. That's the like when I come and see both of them and D'Amico and people like that, and uh, yeah, it, um, 
I get a little depressed when I fly back because I, I have friends, but it's not like what it was up here. Hey, did I tell you I'm coming down to LA after I retire? <laughs> yes. I'm be retiring in like like September, oh, yeah. October. Oh, this is great. This and is so be, then I'll be down there. You know, you know, you remember? We, we could you be, remember we, BD we, Freedom? We, we, we BD we, Freeman? We could be like Rush Hour 17 right over here. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you remember BD Freedom used to be known as Bobby Delirious? His name is B.D. Friedman now. Vaguely. He's been on VH1 and what have you, what have you. That's a buddy of mine. I'm going to come down and see him and come down and see you. Once I retire, I'll be down there. and like. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing you down in L.A. And everyone, if you're going to be absolutely. in uh, Vegas May 14th oh, yeah. through May 21st, 2016, email me. Uh, Facebook me and I'll, I'll let you know where Cliff is performing. But uh, Cliff, um, this is going to be dead. So uh, we're about an hour. So thanks Absolutely. for doing it. I'm glad you're here. Anytime. I'm glad you got to meet Jamaica and Diana and, and, and you know being supportive. Oh, yeah. And I, I I was afraid to bring up your wife because I didn't I, did, I just heard today I didn't know she was sick before. So, oh yeah. yeah, that was about six seven years ago. So she's a I'm cancer survivor. I'm glad she's doing well. Absolutely. And uh, I'm looking and forward to seeing you. And she's still gorgeous as ever. So hell yes. I'm I'm looking forward to years of doing shows with you again. So and of course I'm still cute as hell. So you know, <laughs> that's just the way that is. All, All right. right. Man. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing it. Love and, you. And thanks. I love you, man. And, and uh, I will, and you know, yes. Thank, yes, that's it. Thanks much everyone. Love. Thanks for Cliff doing it. And uh, I want to finish by saying thanks to Al Fox and talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.